Meanwhile, recorded live in the Lava Lamp Lounge, it's somewhere in between a radio zine. News, music, culture, stories, and more. This show is what we make of it, and hopefully you'll join us in the fun, too. Now let's get started. And welcome to making sure you have all of your much-needed supplies. It's episode five, Gone Trout Fishing in America. Looks like the fire's already going. Ah, yeah. It's nice, uh, riverside campsite. Ah, still early. Ah, yes. There's nothing like the great outdoors. You wouldn't know a good time if it fell out of the sky, landed on your face, and started to wiggle. I have to admit, this week you kind of caught me off guard because I'm actually uh, out in the wilderness, uh, enjoying nature, as it were, and uh, so it makes it a little difficult to, to bring a regular program to you. So uh, later on, we're going to uh, revisit a broadcast from 2013 where uh, we get into a little bit of a story about what it's like to be trying to find a campsite and, uh, well, not really having a good idea of where you're going to go next. I think I'm so educated and I'm so civilized Cause I'm a strict vegetarian But with the overpopulation and inflation and starvation And the crazy politicians I don't feel safe in this world no more I don't wanna die in a nuclear war I wanna sail away to a distant shore And make like an ape man I'm an ape man, I'm an ape someone who grew up in the Pacific Northwest, I have to admit, I spent a lot of time camping throughout my entire life. And it's one of those things that I really enjoy quite a bit. It's, I don't know, relaxing, centering, uh, all of those strange and bizarre things that people like to say when they're trying to explain what it is about camping that makes it fun for them. There's something I enjoy quite a bit about, finding a good spot, pitching a tent, finding a safe place to uh, put the campfire, figuring out what I can make with the food I have on hand. All that stuff feels, I don't know, like uh, some sort of entertainment to me. Nostalgic in a way too. I mean, that's certainly how I grew up, my family would basically spend our time looking forward to the yearly camping trips. Which were basically what we did during the summer. I mean, it was, we were outside so often, it sometimes felt like it was our other home, another place that we lived. 
and you know certainly when we weren't out camping in the wilderness i liked it so much i would set the tent up in the backyard and you know spend a lot of summers that way just reading and watching the stars <laughs> Sun went down and the jungle fire was burning. Down the track came a hobo hiking, and he said, "Boys, I'm not turning. I'm headed for a land that's far away, beside the crystal fountains. So come with me, we'll go and see the big rock candy mountains in the big rock." Camping has been a recurring theme for me for quite some time, and. Unfortunately, this year has a little bit of a pall cast over it, considering our virus concerns. I am a little bit worried about being in the middle of nowhere, getting injured, and then having to go to some small town somewhere, and hoping that maybe their hospitals are available, or that there's a clinic somewhere that can set a broken leg, or who knows what problem I might run into. I mean, certainly this isn't my first rodeo, so I'm not worried about that, but... An extra layer of precaution seems important this time around. It's not like I want to sit here and say, Now listen to me here, kids. I know the kind of checklist you need for this particular summer adventure. But I guess what I am saying is that when you do start packing stuff up and when you do start planning that trip, Maybe spend a little extra time putting things together and making a list. I think you'll find that it goes a long way towards not only making your camping trip a lot more enjoyable, but you might find yourself uh, being able to indulge in some creature comforts that you didn't know were possible. For me, there's nothing like having a very gourmet dinner while listening to Edith Piaf next to a nice river and a roaring campfire. A little taste of civilization with you out in the woods. Bingo, bango, bungle, I'm so happy in the jungle I refuse to go. Don't want no bright lights, false teeth, doorbells, landlords, I make it clear. That no matter how they coax him, I'll stay right here. This was originally broadcast on June 1st, 2013. This is entitled, The Message, by Richard Brodigan. Last night, a blue thing, the smoke itself from our campfire drifted down the valley, entering into the sound of the bell mare until the blue thing and the bell could not be separated, no matter how hard you tried. There was no crowbar big enough to do the job. Yesterday afternoon, we drove down the road from Wells Summit, then we ran into the sheep. They were also being moved on the road. A shepherd walked in front of the car.
a leafy branch in his hand, sweeping the sheep aside. looked like a young, skinny Adolf Hitler, but friendly. I guess there were a thousand sheep on the road. It was hot and dusty and noisy and took what seemed like a long time. At the end of the sheep was a covered wagon being pulled by two horses. There was a third horse, the bell mare, tied on the back of the wagon. The white canvas rippled in the wind, and the wagon had no driver. The seat was empty. Finally, the Adolf Hitler, but friendly, Shepard, got the last of them out of the way. He smiled, and we waved and said thank you. I made you a fire. We were looking for a good place to camp. We drove down the road, following the Little Smoky, about five miles, and didn't see a place that we liked, so we decided to turn around and go back to the place we had seen just a ways up Cary Creek. I hope those goddamn sheep aren't on the road, I said. We drove back to where we had seen them on the road, and of course they were gone. But as we drove up the road, we just kept following sheepish.
It was ahead of us for the next mile. I kept looking down on the meadow by the little smoky, hoping to see the sheep down there. But there wasn't a sheep in sight, only the dish in front of us on the road. As if it were a game invented by the sphincter muscle, we knew what the score was, shaking our heads side to side, waiting. Then we went around the bend, and the sheep burst like a Roman candle all over the road. And again, a thousand sheep and the shepherd in front of us, wondering what the up. The same thing was on our minds. There was some beer in the back seat. It wasn't exactly cold, but it wasn't warm either. I tell you, I was really embarrassed. took a bottle of beer and got out of the car. I walked up to the shepherd who looked like Adolf Hitler, but friendly. Sorry, I said. It's the sheep, he said. Zero sweet, 
and distant blossoms of Munich and Berlin. Sometimes they are a trouble, but it all works out. Would you like a bottle of beer, I said. I'm sorry to put you through this again. Thank you, he said, shrugging his shoulders. He took the beer over and put it on the empty seat of the wagon. That's how it looked. After a long time, we were free of the sheep. They were like a net dragged finally away from the car. We drove up to the place on Cary Creek and pitched the tent and took our goods out of the car and piled them into the tent. Then we drove up the creek a ways. Above the place where there were beaver dams, and the trout stared back at us like fallen leaves.
We filled the back of the car with wood for fire, and I caught a mess of those leaves for dinner. They were small and dark and cold. The autumn was good to us. When we got back to our camp, I saw the shepherd's wagon down the road a ways. And on the meadow, I heard the bell mare and the very distant sound of the sheep. It was the final circle with Adolf Hitler, but friendly, shepherd as the diameter. He was camping down there for the night. So in the dusk, the blue smoke from our campfire went down and got in there with the bell mare. The sheep lulled themselves into senseless sleep. One following another like the banners of a lost army. I have here a very important message that just arrived a few moments ago. It says Stalingrad. And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Let me just put another log on the fire here. Yeah, there we go. Somewhere in between a radio zine. Gone trout fishing in America. Issue 5 contains stories written by Austin Rich and Richard Brodigan, including 
don't want no bright lights, false teeth, doorbells, landlords, and a message. This episode was produced by Austin Rich in the Lava Lamp Lounge and was assembled using only the finest in 20th century technology. In the long-standing tradition of most scenes, there is an open submission policy here. If you have a story you'd like to send in, read, or if you just want to be a part of the show, why not drop a line to austinrich at gmail.com? That's going to do it for us this week. You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. Without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Sun.